What's up, everyone? Back for another episode of Locked on Boxers. Milwaukee, uh, they're down in Florida. They're escaping the, I guess, the increasing cold weather in Wisconsin. They're down in Miami. They're going to play the Heat the second time these two teams have played in a week. So we'll be able to break that one down. There's going to be some big names missing. So this is going to be opportunity for the Bucks to pick up another win outside of that. We're starting to approach trade season. There is more and more trade chatter around the league. Even Bucks Twitter is getting involved in this. So we're going to talk about a few of the scenarios, not necessarily to do with the Bucks, but of course, as always, you've got to be watching what the other teams are doing at the top of the yeast. So let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me is my good friend from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia. We just realized we didn't even podcast last week. I think that is the first week we haven't podcasted in years. Legitimately, it might be years, but you're back here. We're very thankful for it. And today's episode is brought to you by True Bill. True Bill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Uh, and as always, uh, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. Uh, like I said yesterday, you guys are reminding me that you're sending me screenshots, you're praising me for me built bar reads. So it's all uh, it's all happy days in Locked On Bucks land right now. And Justin, it's happy days for you as well. You're in the arena, you're at all these home games. The three seasons I was there, or two and a half seasons with the pandemic, uh, we got very, very used to the Bucks just winning every single time we went to go watch them play at Fiserv Forum. And fortunately, in the last few weeks, it feels like we're back in that comfortable position where the Bucks' big name players are out on the floor for the most part, and uh, they're back winning games. So I imagine it's a more enjoyable experience going to watch the Bucks games. Funny uh, how that works. That it, I mean, even. In the beginning of the season, there was obviously the injuries to point to, but the the team, what they did early in the year, they beat Brooklyn, and then it was, uh, what, four or five straight that they lost at home prior to the start of that five-game homestand that they went perfect on. Um, they had a winless homestand, which, you know, three games only, but still you, you had to think, like, man, when was the last time they did this? So between not dominating at home, the injuries being towards the bottom and in the play-in tournament. I know it's way too early to get into that, but all of it just felt like eh, something isn't right here. And now <laughs> all is right in the world where the starters for the most part are back. We saw more and more of Dante DiVincenzo before the game um, just the other day. So between that and him being assigned to the herd and everything else, it feels like it's a matter of days or weeks before he makes his return. And, the Bucks just keep winning against the Central Division, which is the telltale sign that all is right in the world. Was my stat accurate on yesterday's pod? 38 straight? With 38, Giannis? yeah, including the playoffs, yep. Absolutely not. So 38 straight wins against Central Division opponents with Giannis in the lineup. And of course, 
there is a bunch of uh, subpar teams in the central division, and divisions really mean nothing anyway. But uh, it's still a ridiculous state. You would think somewhere along the line there you'll have an off. One of those or... games, yeah. Yeah, yeah like lose. one of those games, one of these teams is going to hit 23s or something, and it's just, hey, remember the time that they lost to the Cavs on a buzzer beater? The fact that it's going on three years that that hasn't happened is insane. It is. Uh, tomorrow, or today, probably as you're listening to this, we're recording this late on Tuesday night, Central Time. So the Bucks play Miami again. And a quick note when it comes to the injury report, Jimmy Butler is out. Bam Adebayo is out. Uh, obviously, Victor Oladipo has been out all season long. Uh, Morris is out as well. Uh, it still says whiplash. I'm, I'm still, I'm still wondering if this is more a little embarrassment. He's got it. He needs to. He wants to extend his absence off the floor because he's embarrassed about the way things panned out with Nikola Jokic. But Morris is off the floor as well there. So Miami completely banged up, and I know that it's always a difficult a place to play and they've had a night there justin they've had a night in miami i always say we ha- we're not dealing with a bunch of party animals here on the milwaukee bucks i feel pretty confident in saying that but it's the old running joke you don't want to have a night in miami before you play but this honestly if you just look at the personnel um this is a game the bucks should win we know there are that lopez dante DiVincenzo obviously is out shemi ojale is out george hill is questionable at this point but ultimately all things considered this is a game that the bucks should bank and uh and win uh, Miami and Phoenix are the two where you don't want to have the night off going into the game, the South Beach flu that we've seen. But no, this is um, the way things have started to break for the Bucks. It's it's almost where you dealt with the lumps early and then things just have a way of evening themselves out where as soon as the Bucks started that win streak and, and really prior to that as well, you start to see things start to shift into their favor. And, you know, think back to that game against the Nuggets where, you didn't have to face anybody on that team, really. And the Bucs had started to get some of these benefits and breaks going their way after playing, you know, look back at some of the lineups they played the first time <laughs> against Miami. And right around that point where you were thinking, man, why? Sandro Mamu Kelisvili, I did not have him pegged for 19 minutes this early in the season, or Justin Robinson. So now uh, what the Bucs had, if you look at it in waves, once they got healthy, you looked at the schedule and you kind of noted or, or made note of, it kind of makes sense just based off the timeline we see for most guys that go in health and safety protocols, except for LeBron, apparently. It kind of makes sense that Chris would come out right around the time of the homestand in that Lakers game for a, a various reasons, and that's what's happened. And, and you looked at the schedule and thought, this is a really, really easy schedule they have in front of them. It's a good opportunity to get above 500, start to climb the standings. That's exactly what they did. Now you look at the schedule that they really started the last couple of uh, games, and that's here basically until the first week of January when they play the Nets. There's a lot of those teams that are kind of in the middle of the Eastern Conference and, and a lot of really bad teams in the East and West. You got the Magic on there a couple of times. You got the Rockets. I know they've won six in a row, but you got the Rockets on there a couple of times and the Pistons. So now the Bucks went from – climbing the standings and, and getting back into where they are now to now it's, it's a pretty golden opportunity to put some distance between yourselves and those teams that are four five, six and lower, especially with Miami with two games against them in the span of a week here. And with these uh, health issues that the heat have, I mean, you know, there's, there's a really good chance that this time next week, we're looking at it and saying, well, the bucks are currently two games up on the heat. They could be four games or five games 
between themselves and whoever it is that's fourth or even third if they keep climbing in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, game and a half uh, behind the Brooklyn Nets for the one seed. Currently, the Bucs, as you pointed to, uh, Miami, uh, for the rest of the calendar year, this is the crazy thing about it. We're just a week into December, but for the rest of the calendar year, the only team that the Bucs will play that, as it stands right now, is more than two games over 500 is Miami and they're extremely banged up and they're probably not going to be able to maintain that moving forward. So essentially the Bucs are playing a no one that is a, a better than 500 team right now for the rest of the calendar month. And it's important because look, let's face it, we're waking up or I'm waking up certainly in Australia every single day and you've gone through the day of the news cycle in the NBA and there's more players in health and safety protocol. Like this, this is going to happen. The Bucs probably are going to go through their own issues with this again. Um, fingers crossed it doesn't happen. Hopefully that's not the case. But as we've said right from the start of this season, that's why uh, picking up as many of these wins as you can early in the season. And if you get a chance to go on a bit of a stretch as the Bucs have 10 of 11, uh, make the most of it. And if they can go into the new year, remember, it was only a couple of weeks ago where I was saying based on the injuries that if you can get to the new year at around 500, you're going to be very happy. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, well, they have a real opportunity to be 10 games over 500 plus at the turn of the new year, which is uh, which is just absolutely absurd. There's 15 games, uh, counting the game against the Heat, there's 15 games between then and when the Bucks go to Brooklyn to take on the Nets the, the first week of January. And that's where the schedule kind of starts to tick upward as you have the Nets, you have the Warriors shortly after, you got the Hawks, you got the Bulls for the first time. But in those 15 games, you know, I mentioned there's two against the Magic, there's two against the Rockets, the Pelicans are on there, you get the Cavs again. Um, there's really no reason why you wouldn't say the Bucks couldn't or shouldn't go 11 and four, potentially even better during those 15 games, which would, you know, you go 11 and four, that puts you at 27 and 13 already. Yeah, that's that's crazy to think about. Uh, let's talk trades. Uh, before we do, though, I should say this. I was just scrolling through Instagram before, and Melanie Ricks, who uh, Bucks fans will know, uh, if you've been to a game at Fiserv Forum, even if you watch on League Pass, you know who Melanie is. She's uh, the in-arena host. She's doing all these games, all these interactions. She's a star. Well, going back a few weeks ago, she did a, a game on Pistons the sidelines. Game. It was Pistons, yep. that's right. Yep. Uh, she's down in Miami, I saw. So she's back on yeah. the sidelines tomorrow. So shout out to Mel because she's been around for many years, highly entertaining. And uh, it's good to see that uh, she's getting the shot. So shout out shout, to Mel. Yeah, shouts to Mel, who uh, most listeners and viewers probably remember her most as, you know, her and I were the co-hosts of Courtside Live, the very famous Courtside Live. So, yeah, but congrats to Mel. Exactly right. Uh, speaking of famous, uh, LeBron is very famous. And uh, something that LeBron loves is sleep. That's right. Sleep is in his sleep is his superpower. And Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. When it comes to athletes, you tend to focus on physical fitness, but uh, sleep is to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you keep your brain so you sleep better. Help train your brain, I should say. You, you're always going to keep your brain, but it'll help you train your brain so you can sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best just like King James for LeBron. Sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. So if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a calm premium subscription. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using calm and get a 40% discount on a calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock the content you to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. 
Get started at calm.com lock dot uh calm.com slash locked on nba that's calm.com slash locked on nba i can hardly spit it out it's because i didn't sleep so well last night that's why i got to use calm tonight but i'll tell you what i did do today i went i went for a bike ride i mentioned this uh you know i bought a bike i'm trying to find ways to to look after my knees i've got terrible knees but the point is i went on a bike ride before i went on a bike ride i had built bar that's why i was able to power through and that's why i'm able to do this podcast straight after a pretty lengthy ride so you know the holiday season is here you can grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar personally in my opinion built bar is filled with so much holy holiday goodness rich uh, and decadent flavor covered in chocolate but amazingly low in calories sugar net carbs and fat uh, and high in protein which is the good stuff right there you get the best of both both worlds it's delicious and healthy there are so many flavors you can go to the website and check them all out if you want to cozy up with something warm Here's a holiday secret. Dip your built bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. I tell you what, I reckon the people writing this ad read have been listening to Locked on Bucks because I was talking about dipping your built bar into milk. But if it's snowing outside, uh, perhaps you do want to dip your built bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. So anyway, you should try that out. Just go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code uh, LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. Like I mentioned, we uh, always uh, thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener of every single day. We really appreciate that. And of course, head over to Locked On Packers as well. They've got a game coming up this weekend after bye weeks. So get ready for that with Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers. Justin, trade season is nearly here. I mentioned that I was waking up to health and safety protocols. I'm also waking up to the Portland Trailblazers are in turmoil. The Indiana Pacers are in turmoil, which by the way, I'm wearing this uh, Malcolm Brogdon dunking on LeBron t-shirt right now. Um, those were the good old days, Justin, where just one little dunk like that would just shout out to him. One of my favorite shirts. Uh, those were certainly the good old days for Malcolm Brogdon. It seems like at this point, <laughs> wow, that's true. I mean, I was, um, so the, the two interesting teams are obviously Portland and it, it feels like that was just a long time coming that, you know, the closer we get to the trade deadline, I think it's going to feel like, man, why, why didn't. Damian Lillard just ripped the Band-Aid off in the offseason and, and get this sorted out then. But the Pacers one, to me, it makes sense, but it still really surprised me to see the reports from today because, you know, first and foremost, if you're 62-year-old Rick Carlisle, did you sign up for a rebuild? Absolutely freaking not, which is why, which is why this situation is so fascinating because the Pacers have been just so reliable. They've been such a reliable team that, even though you never really considered them as contenders, and I never really have looked at any of these Pacers rosters, uh, with, with standing going back multiple years, you know, Paul George, uh, prime Roy Hibbert, uh, I, I never really thought that the Pacers were a team that were going to contend, but you knew during the regular season they were going to be a, a tough team to beat, albeit they had a couple of series there where they were unlucky not to beat LeBron in some of those playoff series. Uh, the interesting thing to note with the Pacers, and we're going to tie this into the Bucks, of course, uh, Bucks Twitter has been all over potential trades uh, to bring in a center. The just from a Malcolm Brogdon perspective, while we're talking about him, he actually can't be traded because he extended his contract uh, just prior to the season or whenever that date was there, which is kind of funny because again, when we look at how the teams in the room we're all looking at is without doubt Philadelphia, and I, I, it's not a home run move, but when you look particularly. 
uh, over the last few weeks and the way it's panned out and Ben Simmons still isn't playing, when you look at where his value is, it's certainly not Damian Lillard. It might be CJ McCollum, but he we found out just recently he's got a punctured lung, which, by the way, you get punctured lung in a car crash, not in a game of basketball. But <laughs> CJ McCollum is on the shelf as well. And Malcolm Brogdon is probably the guy with the emergence of Tyrese Maxey. You say, okay, this is maybe a guy... And in many ways, it's sad that that's where the value for Ben Simmons has dropped to. But if he's not playing, then it's not going to rise. But I, I don't know. I mean, the, I don't know what the Pacers do, but certainly from a Bucks perspective, Miles Turner, Justin, is the guy that Bucks fans, a section of Bucks fans, seem to be locking in on. Miles Turner, I guess, of, of the guys on the roster makes the most sense, um, especially if you're having the Miles Turner versus Demata Sabonis debate that. His skill set obviously fits much more nicely with the Bucks than Demodis Sabonis. He can defend. He's a better three-point shooter as well. And he, I think he just pairs alongside Giannis better. But, you know, look, it's it, I get the – we don't know what's going to happen with Brooke Lopez. That's still unknown. Back surgery for a player in his 30s and for a giant, you know, there's – you kind of hold your breath and see how does he – come back from that and I know the question was brought up to Bud the day that we learned of the back surgery of you know is this a we hope he can play again type of thing and they were very non-committal on that and all we know is we're not closing the door and I'm coming back this year so I get the the Miles Turner hey it would make sense here but realistically I mean what do you have to give up if you're the Bucks? that I know everybody points to Dante and we've talked about that earlier this year as well. To me, it if you decide to move on from Dante DiVincenzo, it still seems like it makes the most sense to do it in the offseason as part of a sign-and-trade to bring back more salary. The Brook Lopez component, let's just entertain that and say, yeah, we're going to move on from Brook and we're going to trade him, which may bring some bad karma if you ride him to a championship, he has back surgery, and you trade him. But a uh, very Danny Ainge-like move, that would seem like. But let's say you do that, and I know salary-wise it would match up of Brooke and Dante for Miles Turner. Brooke and Miles Turner both expire the same year. It's both two years left on the deal. Miles Turner's only making slightly more. If you're Indiana, why do you take that of we're bringing in a center that has the exact same contract in terms of years? Value's pretty similar, too. And, oh, by the way, we're rebuilding, and we got to make a decision on Dante DiVincenzo, who's going to be a free agent in the summer. we got to pay him or decide what we're going to do with him. That It just makes no sense. It's great to have the pipe dream and say he's a younger guy that maybe he could do some of the things Brooke did. He certainly can't do all of them. But to me, there's there's just no real avenue for that trade. And if Indiana was just saying we're totally open for business, the guy on the roster that I would be most interested in is, is probably T.J. Warren. Yeah, I I mean, I don't think I, – I don't – I mean, I'm not – I've never been enamored with Miles Turner as a player, first of all. Um, I agree that he does have the attributes that, you know, loosely fit what the Bucks would want from a big man. There's no doubt about that. But I would have to bet, if I was a betting man, that they're not trading Brook Lopez. But if you are a betting man or a betting woman, you can go to bet online. Uh, they have you covered for all uh, the props, odds, and lines, and more than ever before, is particularly with football season as it continues to march to the playoffs, bet online – Remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's Bet Online where the game starts.
just to come back to the Brook Lopez conversation as we continue uh, our chat here and the possibility or the potential that he would be traded, you already outlined it. I mean, I would just automatically remove Indiana as a potential target because if they do decide to go full Reeves Turner certainly there may be a team out there that would be willing to give a, a future first or whatever it may be for a player like Miles Turner and whatever else they decide to move on they're certainly not making a trade for two guys with uh, well one with an extensive injury list in his first few seasons in the league albeit Dante DiVincenzo a player a real NBA player in my opinion um, or a guy with a with, with a broken back and uh, we don't know it's a broken back, but, the, you know, whatever. He's gone in for back yeah. surgery. So, no, I mean, I, I don't see that any way that the mental piece of winning an NBA championship only six months ago, I just don't see that they would trade him unless there was some guarantee that he was never playing basketball again. I just don't think they're going to do that. That's why I keep coming back to the to the point that, and again, I know he's just a buzz name and a familiar name, but that's why I keep going back to the point. If I do think that the Bucks are making a trade for a big man, I think it might be a few of the periphery pieces and they'll get someone that will be a body that when it gets closer to the playoffs might be a, an emergency big in case Brook Lopez doesn't play. Uh, Zach Lowe was the latest I heard saying that he still thinks, he repeated again, that he still thinks there's optimism that within the Bucks that he will get back for the postseason. So again, it's just a name because, again, we know him, but the Robin Lopez type situation where you don't have to trade Brooke. And maybe there's a couple of guys that are at the end of your rotation that aren't really playing all that much anyway. Maybe you can work something out with some... some I know the Bucks don't have a lot of picks. I haven't looked into this or thought this through too much. But, but future picks, whatever it is, you can figure something out with Orlando for a guy that um, outside of his proximity to Disney World... Um, is not really playing basketball at all. There's no advantage for him to be down there in Orlando. So that's still the path I see them going down if they're going to bring in uh, another big man. And the other thing is that I think is really interesting. I was thinking about this earlier today. In the Eastern Conference, obviously the Bucks' path out of the Eastern, how they're going to uh, make their way to the NBA Finals, it's Brooklyn that we're talking about. And... You know, I mean, I, I don't... If if the Bucks went out and traded for Miles Turner, for instance, to play against Brooklyn, or they traded for Robin Lopez to play against Brooklyn, I don't see either of those guys being a major factor in their ability to win the series anyway. And that's your main challenge during the Eastern Conference. So I, I don't know if that's me being... Re- no, we... Um, I think we talked about this once before, too, that, look, I... I my hesitation with the honest at the five is just to put the the mileage on them in the regular season. So I think like the moves like Boogie and Bobby Portis taking some of that load, that's helpful in the regular season, but ultimately in the playoffs, Brooke Lopez, he served the need with the team and, and you had, I thought towards the end, Bud did a masterful job of figuring out where are the spots I can use them and, and where is it going to be difficult. But um, we're moving closer and closer to Giannis is the five and you just, figure out the components around him. So it's it's more about preserving some of those minutes and giving him some reprieve in the regular season where Boogie helps and where a guy like Robin Lopez would help. So that's where I think we're kind of aligned of, you know, they have to start thinking about life after Brooke as is with two years left on the deal. And he's a guy that's in his thirties and he has been durable, but centers, you don't see him hold up all that long as, as durable as Brooke has been. So you got to start to think of the exit plan and plan B and it's, probably Giannis and just, you know, a secondary guy that's going to take some of those regular season minutes. So that's where I think they're probably going to align on. And especially if you have this belief that Brooke can come back in some form, 
that I think we've we've all kind of accepted he's not going to be the guy he was last year, that you're going to have to massage him back in. Let's say he returns. It's not going to be heavy minutes, you wouldn't think. So um, I think that's the clearly the most likely route they're going to go is someone like a Robin Lopez or something like that, another boogie type of guy that just gives you a body that you can put out there for limited minutes, but it just preserves not having Giannis play 30 minutes at the five in the regular season. And quite honestly, I mean, that was kind of the Robin Lopez role when he was here a couple of seasons ago. Anyway, I mean, he played, he was an every night player during the regular season. Then as soon as you got to the postseason, he wasn't playing because yeah. obviously you had uh, Brooke playing those minutes and then there is more, I guess, uh, room to, to go small in the postseason there as well. So yeah, it's going to be fascinating moving forward. Uh, rather than the Bucks, I still think that the Bucks will tinker with the roster somewhat here. We'll see it. I just, again, I've been big on this. Uh, all season long. But if you can get Dante DiVincenzo back, this is a really good rotation NBA guy that you know that you can play in, in the playoffs. And for all the talk about the guys, I find it funny that there's you know criticism of guys like Ojale or Hood and all these guys. And we described them from the start. They're X-Factors. You're literally talking about your 12, 13, 14, 15th guy on the roster. They're not supposed to be there to be a brilliant players night in and night out. Their, their form is going to fluctuate a little bit. They're in that position because of what they've been produced or what they haven't produced over previous years. Dante isn't that guy. He was starting on this team. He was starting on a really, really damn good team. He's a good player. Uh, so it's good to see him uh, getting closer and closer to coming back on the court. Well, and I mean, you think about that. You think about when George Hill, it's only been two games, but when George Hill comes back to him, I mean, that, that, probably means Rodney Hood is the one that's on the outside looking in and certainly would when Dante's back. So how the rotation starts to tighten up there. But I mean, also when, when we saw Wesley Matthews back on the floor, you can't help but, but salivate almost and look at some of these limited minute rotations they can use once they're healthier and you have Giannis at the five and you have a backcourt potentially that's Drew Holiday and Wesley Matthews and two guys that can certainly defend up and defend one through four. And you can do that for limited spurts. We know Dante can do the same too. So versatility has been the word we've kicked around a lot with this team for the last two years. And to add a guy like Wes again, when you still have George that can do some of those things and Dante that can do that, it, it's the most versatile team we've seen here under Bud and under John Horse. And I know everybody is tossed around too. The, well, Ursan's certainly going to be the next one to return. Wouldn't it make more sense in the spirit of reunion, since that's what this season has been about for the Bucks, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, John Henson is the guy that just rejoins the team. And it's, hey, John Henson's going to basically play that Robin Lopez role and be the guy that plays occasionally in the regular season. Well, it's funny you bring up John Henson. As most listeners to the show will know, I'm doing a, a bunch of stuff with the Australian Basketball League this year, and I live in Melbourne. And Matthew Delavadova, our old friend, is playing in Melbourne. And uh, he asked me, uh, well, I saw him a couple of weeks ago and he asked me, he said, oh, did you feel jealous about the Bucks winning the title when you were in Australia? And I said, oh, well, it would have been fun to be there for sure. I said, did you? And he said, no. no. And he said, no, no. He said, I didn't. He's like, I was happy for those guys. I was only really around the franchise for a little bit and certainly not long when Bud was there. He goes, I actually felt really bad for John Henson, who was with the Bucks for so long um, through some terrible times. And then obviously... Um, they've had the success. And I, I thought it was interesting. I hadn't thought about John Henson for a while, but now that you bring him up, um, good point, Dally. Well done. That's an excellent point. Uh, we should wrap this up before we do. 
Uh, don't forget to check out the live for everything you need to know from a betting perspective. But let's wrap up this pod. And I have to say, I'm not sure if there's been some internet problems here in this podcast. I think there might have been. Um, Australian internet has done it again. Honestly, quite surprising how well it's held up since we've moved to YouTube. But if there's anything a bit sketchy about this podcast, apologies. You know, so Australian is good for a lot of things, but one thing it's not good for is. Yeah, I mean, uh, and funny, it, it seemed like one of the glitches happened as soon as you said. It feels like we're having internet oh, really? outages. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, it uh, it uh, it wasn't too much of a distraction. So it's fitting that we don't do it for a week, and when we return, this is what we have to deal with. All right, let's wrap this pod. Let's wrap this pod. This is an absolute disaster. Uh, I'm Kane. He's Justin. We'll